Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Mm, Colin, as far as I'm aware, we have, this is sort of like a nothing, not important, like sort of like a just like a transitional scene right now right yeah like not a lot happens here james i mean like listen folks um i know it's kind of a long scene 32 56 to 37 43 but i mean i get it if you're like oh this is boring this is just medical stuff like you know and you want to skip it yeah okay i get it uh but just in case for those of you who are still (laughs) interested in these you know passing medical procedures that could happen in a movie um Welcome to Project Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, And I want to say, before I even get to the scene, I want to mention that we start off the scene with possibly the best CGI shot of Small Rogers that we have ever seen. And I think part of this is because it's the closest we've actually gotten to his body uh, being this small and also without a shirt on. Right. So I feel like they really had to put in as much work as possible on that moment alone because... It has to, it, it really has to have no seams. Yeah. Like we talked about it with Ty about how sometimes you don't fully notice it, but once you try to take in the whole thing, but you're frequently not doing that. You're like looking either at the face or the body because it's so far back, right? But when it's all right in front of you, right? Immediately, like you kind of have to look at it. So there, there are no seams. I just think it's an incredible shot. Absolutely. So I wanted to get that out there and say, hey, good job to the people who made that. Absolutely. Okay. Here is the full synopsis of the scene. Tiny little Steve Rogers climbs into the Project Rebirth machine. Uh, I start calling it from from now on, by the way, in my notes, I've realized that's the only time I call it the machine. I always call it the chamber after that. So oh, sure. just in case you're like, what, what's this new term? He's chamber using? of Steve Ritz. Yeah, Stevens. Uh, so he takes a deep breath because he's clearly nervous. Erskine says, comfortable. Rogers looks around at the stuff surrounding him and says, it's a little big. In my head, I was immediately like, not for long. Mm -hmm. Uh, Erskine chuckles. Rogers asks if he saved any of the schnapps, and Erskine admits that he left way less for Rogers than he should have and apologizes. He tells him, next time. And then addresses Mr. Stark and does some final checks. Stark says that they're 100%. We may dim half of the lights in Brooklyn, but we're ready, as will ever be. (laughs) Which I love the delivery of that line. And yeah. Steve just immediately giving him a quick, nervous glance and is like, oh, okay, and kind of settles in. Yeah. Agent Carter is still lingering around, and Erskine is like, you know, would you be more comfortable in the room? And she's like, oh, uh, <clears throat> yes. And so she walks off, and Steve looks at her as she goes, and she turns back once more and smiles at him. My least favorite part of Erskine. Uh, like, being like, do you want to get a room, basically, but without yeah. Steve? Like, do you, hey, you want to leave? Hey, could hey, yeah. broad, you want to leave now? Well, okay. I, I don't, don't think you it's so think much you'd that be more a, comfortable leaving this area to the men? I think it was everyone else is going to be in the observation room. Would you like to be there for your comfort and potentially safety? Because yeah. he's like he's also the only person, by the way, who doesn't wear any protective guard, like between like for the vita ray stuff. Yeah. Everyone else puts on sunglasses in that room, and he does not. He actually has um, glasses, no which reflects the or like increases. The... Ah, I see. Yeah, it increases it. So he ends up as Daredevil anyway at the end of the scene. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's I another am man without story fear. For <laughs> uh, oh, someone is calling for help. It's basically Nightcrawler. I must fly away. Yep. Huh? It's basically Nightcrawler. 
Oh, it's not what I heard for some reason. I thought you said something to me. I thought you said my name. I was like, yes. I think Crawler okay, came out I? as Colin with my voice. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, here sorry. we go. Back on track. Yep. So uh, she's, you know, sorry. He looks at her as she goes and she turns back once more and smiles at him. How he doesn't understand that she likes him. Yeah. Like is beyond me because I feel like if I was looking after someone who was leaving and they turned back to look at me and smile once more, I'd be like, okay, yeah. Cool, she's into me. Not me. I think even I would get that, and I'm dumb. Not me. I would be like, oh, there's my... She's so... She's being so nice to me. <laughs> I really like this part. I think it's very cute, because after she turns back to go up the steps, he kind of quickly looks back for her, like, oh, God, I hope no one noticed. Yeah. Like, including her somehow. Like, I hope she didn't notice that I was just, like, looking <laughs> at her leave. I want to seem like a gentleman. <laughs> and then I also think that this is maybe a Stanley Tucci improvising moment because he just flicks the microphone until we hear feedback. Yeah. And everyone in the room is like, ah, oh, God, you know, can you hear me? Is this thing on? Ladies and gentlemen, today we take not another step towards annihilation, but the first step on the path to peace. They wheel out a large container and start pulling out all of these blue vials until only one remains. Weird. Hmm. We begin with a series of micro-injections into the subject's major muscle groups. The serum will cause immediate cellular change. And then, to stimulate growth, the subject will be saturated with Vita rays. Uh, Erskine looks at Steve as he receives a shot in his arm. Steve says, that wasn't so bad. Erskine very quietly tells him, that was penicillin. Rogers once again looks at him very worried. Erskine makes a face that's like, yeah, sorry, it's about to get worse. Love that and then face. He, yeah. <laughs> and then he picks the microphone back up and says, uh, sorry, and doesn't pick up the microphone, sorry. Then Erskine counts down the serum infusion, and Steve grunts and grits through the pain. There's a quick shot of zooming towards his face as his eyes shoot open, which I want to come back to. Okay. Uh, but moving forward, Erskine tells Stark to activate the chamber. It sits upright, and it closes in around Steve, almost like a giant coffin, or perhaps more like a cocoon. Or like a sarcophagus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Erskine, uh, sorry, that that's Moon Knight. You got the wrong play, uh, people. Oh, sorry. Uh, Erskine knocks Steve and asks, coffees. oh, but it is Steven. It is still Steven. Oh, interesting. R wrong Steven, oh. he, he says. Huh. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, I, I think um, you've got... Excuse me. I, oh. I think you've got oh, the wrong bollocks. Steven here. Oh. Yeah, he says bollocks like really loudly. Later uh, skaters. Ouchie, ouchie, yeah. ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. <laughs> uh, sing like a bee. Ow, ow, ow. Take over, take over, take over. You can have the body. Uh, Steve, Steven. Uh, anyway, you may remember. Okay, so he's in the thing, in the cocoon. Erskine knocks and asks if Steve can still hear him. And he says, it's probably too late to go to the bathroom, right? Erskine says to Stark, we will proceed. Uh, Sorry, we will proceed. And he starts pushing the Vita rays up. 10%, 20%, 30%, ever climbing. At, at 60%, they mention that vital signs are normal and it starts to get brighter in the room. But at 70%, Steve starts yelling in pain. Erskine rushes to the window of the chamber. Steven, Steven, knocking on the glass. Carter runs out of the room yelling, shut it down, shut it down. Erskine begins to tell Stark to kill the reactor but Steve yells, no, don't, I can do this. So they push it further. 80, 90, 100%. Electricity hums and the lights grow so bright that it's a literal giant white spot on the screen with no form. Uh, and everything hits a breaking point and then eventually powers down. They all look on in anticipation. 
They open the chamber, and there, in all his glory, is shirtless and absolutely buff Chris, I mean, uh, Steve Rogers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, as the chamber opens, we hear, bum, 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 bum. Uh, and then everyone rushes the room as Philip says, the son of a bitch did it. This is probably the most excitement we get from him and the closest we get to a smile in the entire film. <laughs> Uh, we see one of the guests leave something behind on his chair. Ooh. Carter stands before him. How do you feel? He kind of looks around, breathing heavily as everyone's congratulating each other, and says to her, taller. She can hardly contain herself, and she goes through like 20 emotions and motions in two seconds, <laughs> nearly touching his chest, and then catches herself and takes a shirt from a nurse to hand it to him. And she says, well, you look taller. Because he does now stand much taller than she is. Uh, and so that is where this scene ends. Now, before I give any of uh, the other notes that I have for this scene, James, uh, I know there's a fun little fact about this scene that you told me. Oh, yes. And I know that you're going to say, I got the, I got it from TikTok, so I don't want to take credit for it. No, but this I'm is, not I actually noticed this on my own. I, uh, I heard about it directly from oh. Haley Atwell. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, because we're, we're all friends with her. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show, by the way, yeah. Haley. Um, I, I call her. We know her you're ha. so busy, so we know. <laughs> uh, I just called her three times. Um, oh. So, uh, okay. So anyway, I'm going to let you give the fact and anything else that you want to present about the scene. Okay. Um, yes. The fact is that um, when I like that, she says, how do you feel? And he's like taller. And what's, I wish that she'd been like, that's not what I mean. And like right. reached out to touch him. It's like, so how good. do you yeah. feel? Like when I, <laughs> when I touch you, how do you feel? Um, she like Haley Atwell apparently couldn't help but almost reach forward and touch those abs though, uh, which is right. hilarious. And like she's like breathing kind of heavily. Yeah, I liked. The funny thing is they are both breathing heavily and for totally different yeah, reasons exactly. in that moment. And it is very funny. There's also a he's nurse. like that was traumatic, and she's like this is intoxicating. Yeah, and there's a nurse like in between them. That's kind of mm -hmm. looking at her like, just yeah, I get smiling it. like, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, girl, I know. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I, I see it. Uh, he's, I mean, he's literally glistening in this moment. So know, I, I do get it, it. You know, this is where he looks the fakest to me, which I think is hilarious because it's, it's actual Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah it's actual Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that you should that the audience should keep in mind for subsequent scenes is that uh, when Erskine flicks the microphone, mm -hmm. Erskine doesn't move. No, uh, Clem, sorry. When Erskine clicks, when Erskine flicks the microphone, Clemson doesn't move at all. Really? Everyone else is like, Oh God. And Clemson is just full on stare. And I said, seems I suspicious. I never noticed that. I like went back because I was like, wait a minute. That's interesting. And I'm going to have to rewatch this scene again now. Also, uh, when Steve's like, Whoa! Clemson is similarly not affected. He's Worried. just like looking. Mm. I guess he's just a bad actor and this won't have anything to do with future scenes. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, It's probably too late to go to the bathroom, right? I know that was a joke, but I do think about that all the time. Like, oh, God. Um, specifically when Luke is headed to Dagobah. I think specifically about, wait, do, is there a way to use the bathroom? Specifically in Empire Strikes Back when Luke's like, all right, I guess it's a 12-hour trip to Dagobah or something. I'm like, how do you? Okay. 
there's probably just like other planets that he stops at and just, you know. Use the force to hold it, Luke. (laughs) Or or to send it out into space. (laughs) The constellation (laughs) Urine. Um, (laughs) And then uh, I also noted um, as they're hauling him away, uh, uh, Erskine is under one arm and Stark is on the other, under the other arm. So uh, Philip says that son of a bitch did it. Steve said, I did it. Erskine says, uh, I think we did it. And Stark says, you actually did it. And I think that I did it. I think we did it. You actually did it is so interesting to think about in terms of like, it's sort of a weird, like Stark is not usually one to be like, not taking right. any credit. Normally he would say, I did it. Yeah, I'm a genius. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think this is where, where it's interesting, right? Because I think that also comes from totally different meanings. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Um, I th- well, Or rather, what I think is interesting is that, like, Steve and Tony, Tony, sorry, Ooh. Howard, are both pretty much talking about, like, Steve's capability of being able to do it. Right. Like, Steve, like, you know, because remember, he said, like, I can, you know, go ahead and do it. I can do it. Like, I, I can handle this. And then he actually comes out, like, fine. Right. I mean, oh, he comes out fine. Fine. Like, fine. No, fine, yeah. Uh, but when he steps out, like, the fact that he survived, he's like, I did it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the fact that then Erskine's like, we did it. But, like, Erskine's like, no, no, no. You know, we, like, I think we did it, right? Like, you know, we made this success. And he's like, this isn't about success. I'm talking about I lived, you know? <laughs> Uh, and then that's also where I think Tony's coming from. He's like, hey, Howard, when you said you could take it, I keep saying Tony, don't I? When Howard's like, you did it. He's also like, I actually thought you were going to die in there. And you actually made it. Wow. Congratulations. I get so stressed when uh, Erskine and and Carter are saying, shut it down. Shut the reactor down on behalf of Howard. Because I mm-hmm. totally get the like, okay, I guess. I mean, I right. really... I'd really rather know. Oh, what's he saying? I think he said, I can't do it. it. I think he said, I can't. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if, uh, actually Steve never did that. And it's just Howard going, <laughs> like going, I can do it. I can do it. He's saying he can do it. Let's push it. Yeah. <laughs> what's that, Steve? <laughs> yeah. What's that? Steve is saying, let's go for it. And Nurskin's like, I'm standing right here. I don't think he's, no, he Shut said, up, old I, man. I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting thing for Howard because, I think sometimes we see him as someone who is so arrogant that he doesn't care about others. Right. But I think that he clearly does. Yep. And so there is a moment where he's like, I want this guy to survive, but also if we don't go through with it, we probably definitely won't make it happen. Right. What is the right answer? Listen, um, my, my equipment is not going to last more than two or three more minutes. So let's, let's hurry up. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, that, that, you know, that's an interesting thing to think about. So far, most of the things that we've seen Howard Stark design yeah. have sparked and then died. Yeah. Um, At least this so one seems a... sort of like it was powering down and not shorting out. Uh, that's all That's all I have in terms of, of things that this scene made me think of. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Perfect. This is the only thing that I wanted to bring up uh, about this scene, which was that there is a very interesting moment to me. Uh, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I have to imagine that it was. And that is when they first inject him with the with the serum, right? Yeah. And it's going into his bloodstream, and the camera kind of starts panned out a little bit or zoomed out a little bit, and it does sort of a very fast zoom in, 
and it ends on a perfectly framed face of Steve as he's, you know, his eyes are closing. He's gritting his teeth as he's clearly in pain. And then suddenly his eyes pop open while his teeth are still kind of bared a little bit. Right. Now, just for a brief moment, do you know why this would be an interesting thing to have them show? I was thinking of the Hulk. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. Because in every Hulk origin story, yeah. the first time he gets the gamma radiation and changes, uh, and every time that he changed in the original TV show as well, yeah. they always get that exact same shot from Banner. Yeah. Uh, and this is an important and very fun homage because Banner was trying to recreate this exact process and recreate oh God, the super right. soldier serum. Well, sorry, not the soldier serum. He was just trying to recreate the super strength that they got right. for Steve Rogers because they didn't know what the serum was. So he was trying to find other answers, and he believed that the Vita rays were the important part, and that was in gamma radiation. And that's right. how he ended up uh, not as strong as Steve Rogers, but instead as uh, the Hulk. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think that's a very interesting thing. And so... I have to imagine that was done on purpose Absolutely. because it is literally framed the exact same way that like three movies or sorry, four movies, I guess, technically, uh, and multiple episodes of a TV show have done, you know? Okay. So, uh, I wanted to bring this up, uh, as well. Actually, I just thought about this, but, um, they mentioned in the scene that, uh, they are going to use, uh, in the process Vita rays, which is Vita radiation. It apparently does not exist right. elsewhere. It's it's right. completely false. I was actually wondering, like, okay, well, there are different types of radiation. So yeah, so it's like, you know, I wonder how I wonder how, you know, accurate this is. You know what I mean? Uh and so I looked it up, but of course, again, it's just simply made up for Captain America. Uh it's an electromagnetic radiation with a specific wavelength that has stabilizing properties. Now, I don't know anything about radiation. <laughs> But I feel like that part is probably what clearly shows that it's bullshit because I don't think that radiation has stabilizing properties. Certainly that, not. Certainly yeah, not. That's what I figured. Hey, uh, here's a good rule of thumb for all, all you budding scientists out there. Generally, things don't stabilize other things because of entropy. It's way more energy to stabilize something than to bust it up. So if something is, is if uh, like a ray is going to hit a cell, it's very unlikely that it's going to be like, here, let me clean up the place, as opposed to yeah. coming the fuck through. <laughs> um, another interesting thing about this is that, again, I, I, the way this chemistry and everything like that works is very fascinating because it is supposedly stabilizing the serum that has caused this rapid growth, and it's like stabilizing it and making it become permanent, basically, in him. It's like but a like a The radiation photo set. itself, yeah. But the radiation itself does not last long on people, which I guess is why he then himself is not radioactive. Right. Um, and actually, you know what? And, and part of me was going to say this doesn't quite make full sense. But actually, I guess it does because it doesn't stay on people, but it does stay on objects like watches and civilian clothes because they can hold on to radiation longer. Right. Um, or rather, the radiation of Vita rays. Uh, I guess organic matter, it, it kind of dissipates right. faster. Um and this will come up later, which is why I'm mentioning it. But I guess that also makes sense because it's literally the opposite effect of what the gamma rays do to Bruce Banner. Right. They are much longer lasting um, and clearly get stuck within him. Um, this is almost sort of like the um, when you get a filling at the dentist 
and they put that UV light in to dry the mm, the filling. Yeah. That's kind of like what the Vita rays are doing. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. The filling is the serum and the Vita rays are the UV light that they put in. It's why he's so dense. And your tooth is Steve Rogers. <laughs> Ooh, I wish my teeth were as strong as Steve Rogers. I'm not sure what that means, but symbol of tooth. Very good. That's very good. Uh, but that's all that I have. So, James, before we get out of here, uh, let's do the Avengers Ensemble that you mentioned earlier in the episode. Absolutely, absolutely. Avengers Ensemble. Um, so I just have uh, three quick people. <laughs> three, qu- three quick people and then a disclaimer. Um, so the first one that requires no asterisk is the Project Rebirth Nurse. She is the one that we mentioned uh, stands near as Peggy undresses Steve, who is already mostly undressed with her eyes. Um, This is a woman named Catherine Press. And uh, she was in a short movie called Help! I've Stolen Amy Adams' Nose, which is maybe the best uh, title I've ever heard of a movie being called. That's certainly a name. It sort of tells you what it's all about. Um, That sounds like a pop punk song like title. Yeah, it should be. Hey, pop punk bands that listen to our show. Drumline scavengers. And uh, she is English. Um, You know, because everyone is. Uh, The next I have uh, the lab tech is a guy named Nathaniel or Nat, as he is often uh, called uh, Robinson. Uh, He was in one episode of the IT crowd and he was in Harry Potter seven part one. Um, and then I have Stark's engineer. Stark's engineer is played by a guy named Kevin Millington. Uh, he was in one episode of Good Omens. He was an assassin in a short movie called Hunting Frank Castle. And then he was in four. Ep- Frank Castle? Or? I think, I mean, I think so. Um, Interesting. And he was in four episodes of, uh, I think it was a web series called Resident Evil First Hour. So I just really quick want to talk about uh, these two roles, the lab tech and Stark's engineer. Here's what I wrote. I feel like I've identified the actors correctly, but I find it odd that the lab tech is the one that got the speaking part and got to monitor the vital signs and quote, Stark's engineer didn't get any lines and his job was to hook up a hose. So yeah, I feel like, I, I like I looked at the faces. I looked at their headshots on IMDb and all this stuff. I feel like they did a fine job. They, you know, they kind of have a Laurel and Hardy face like comparison. So like one is a sort of thin, mm-hmm. t- thin, tall face and whatever. So I, I think I got it, but I think that they're named weird. Um, anyways, that's that was just my <laughs> caveat. It, it was it was okay because I'm like sure a lab tech, but I mean you want an engineer to hook up the hose correctly. I don't know. It's it was just a little uh, little pet peeve. I think everyone should uh, get a little Chiron of their name and job. Um, like like in the as movie, they yeah. enter the room, it's like guy, guy Ritchie's like the Captain America, the first Avenger, like a third, like a lower third. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's going to do it for my Avengers Ensemble. Shall I uh, do some social media handles to get us out of here? Absolutely. All right. You can find this show, Timeline Scavengers, the one you've been listening to that we're on, that we're talking on right now, on Twitter at TimelineScav. Uh, and you can find the network we're on, uh, which is the Scavengers Network, um, on Twitter at ScavengersNet. If you want to talk to me on Twitter and and tell me all all the uh, the sciencey things that I'm 
forgetting about that make Vita Rays scientifically feasible, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James. Colin, where can people go to talk to you about Chris Evans's abs? Oh, God. Yeah, listen, you can anywhere. absolutely. Yeah, you can talk to me anywhere about that. Do not come to me about the science stuff because I'm gonna just going to go, I don't know. Sure, I guess. You know, I'll just agree with you because I won't know. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to talk to me about Chris Evans' abs, for sure, uh, at Colin M. Parker. Where the M stands for mmm, abs. Mmm, <laughs> Chris Evans. Mmm, <laughs> should I touch? Oh, nope, sorry. I'd like a table for two at Applebee's. <laughs> uh, unlimited abs. I, I abbed back. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think I think that's probably I think we've probably done enough. Yes, we have. We have Colin, but we've done a great job. And uh, I just want to say that you did a great job. And I also did a great job. Thank you. Um, you know who also did a great job? Nick Bramald, our composer. Yeah, uh, that's for our sure. composer. Wow, that is a bold statement to make. The, the gentleman who is English, who composed the theme song that, that you heard at the beginning and that you're hearing now um yeah. uh is named nick bramald you can find him on uh twitter at uh n b r a m a l d or you can find him on uh his website at nick bramald composer.co.uk um and that is our composer and he has not taken away our rights to use the theme songs despite all the insane stuff we say on his behalf at this part of the show um, but now that part of the show is over, and now it's this part of the show where I say, as always, I am James Anderson. And I'm Colin Parker. Abcelsior. How are you feeling? <laughs> Good. I'm feeling taller. Taller. Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.